How to have a healthy mind. I want to talk to you about that. Show you from the word of God how to receive and keep a healthy mind in these days. Thank you, wonderful partners. Thank you, wonderful family, for joining me. And today, let's believe God that God will reveal through his word the answers. How to have a healthy mind. Precious Jesus, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your promises. Now, Lord, speak to your people, I pray, in Jesus' wonderful name. Make this so clear and life-changing. Amen and amen. Yesterday, I ministered, I began to minister on this a little bit in the car. Today, I want to kind of deal with what do we do? How do we plant the right thoughts, the right acts, the right habits that will bring about the character and the destiny God wants in all of us? So let's begin first with Hebrews 12, because here we have the real key. We have the real foundation to a healthy mind. Wherefore, I'm going to read Hebrews 12, beginning in verse 1, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. Let us run with patience the race that's set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction or hostilities of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. Today, a lot of people, sadly, are fainting in their mind because they are not paying attention to this beautiful, wonderful portion of God's word. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. So he saw the future. He saw the church. He endured the hostility, the mocking of the enemies by seeing and looking ahead. And you and I cannot look ahead without the word of God penetrating our being. But let's talk about the importance of sowing the thought of God's word, which develops the act of God's word, then the habit that comes with it later, and then the character and the destiny that becomes ours. So it's quite simple. I told you, if you sow a thought, you reap an act. You sow an act, you reap a habit. You sow a habit, you reap a character. And a character leads you to a destiny. So five things, thought, act, habit, character, destiny. And that's how it begins. Now, God's word is very, very, very clear that when we started in our salvation, our minds, number one, were defiled, number two, blinded, and number three, hostile towards God. In Titus 1.15, it tells us how before salvation, we were defiled in our minds. 
blinded in our mind, hostile towards God in our minds. And these scriptures are Titus 1.15, and then blinded, 2 Corinthians 4.4, and then hostile towards God, Colossians 1.21. So that's why when, when we heard the gospel, the Holy Spirit appealed to our minds. In Isaiah 1.18, it says, Come, let us reason together, saith the Lord. So salvation um, does not call for blind faith. Salvation is reasoned faith. God works with our intellect. He appeals to the mind. So frankly, um, we need to make a decision on receiving the word of God. And it begins to fill our minds, renew our minds. Eventually, that beautiful word of God, through meditation, enters into our spirit man. Remember, I showed you yesterday, Psalm 1, that we, we have to meditate upon the word day and night. Then we'll be like a tree planted by the rivers. And meditation is very simple. When you read the Bible, read the thoughts, just stop with the thought, and then go through it again and again and again. Even if you're laying on your bed or in your car, and next thing you know, the power of that word gets into your heart and life comes. And when that, when that happens, the cleaning process begins in the mind. The priests walked into the holy place every day and cleaned the wick because without the wick being clean, no light. So our wick needs to be cleansed. And when we, we cooperate with the Lord by receiving his word, renewing our mind, the thought becomes an act, and the act becomes a habit, and the habit becomes a character, and the character becomes a destiny. When that, when, when that happens, God Almighty okay, now begins to work with us. We have to give him something to use. Where? In our hearts. I want to say it again. God will work with us. Let's give him something to use to change our lives. His word comes into our being. The Holy Spirit uses it once it becomes life to us. And now he begins the cleansing process and the planting process so we can grow in the Lord. Because see, otherwise, uh, people faint in their mind, just like we saw in Hebrews 12. You hear a lot today about mental health, mental sickness, and so on. People are giving us, uh, actually giving up. Many of them walking away from the faith because they just give up. Why? No word in them. No word in them. I told you yesterday, I'll say it again. It's not what you hear preachers say. It's what God says to you through his word that changes you, that changes your mind, changes your life. It's the word coming straight from heaven into your heart. And of course, what we hear from preachers and ministers strengthens us, edifies us, builds us up, of course. But we must receive the word. If we're not receiving the word in privacy, we will never receive it publicly. Judson Cornwall used to say, you cannot worship God publicly without worshiping him privately. And we cannot receive the word from a man publicly or a woman who's preaching it unless we receive it privately. So private, when, when God's word comes into our hearts privately, 
it opens up our spirit man to receive it publicly and understand what's being taught by men and women of God. So now God says, once you do this, then I will put my law into your mind. Isn't that precious? Jeremiah 31, 33, God begins to work with us because now we give him the word to use and he begins to cleanse and plant. So, you know, if we want to see God's power in our life, if we want to live God's way, well, we have to think God's way. We have to receive his word. And this is what the Bible means in Romans 12 to renew your mind. So the new birth is followed by growth. Uh, I was teaching BHI uh, earlier today, and I was teaching on the difference between justification and sanctification. Justification is where God declares us righteous. Sanctification is where we grow into our righteousness, God's righteousness. So God declares us righteous in justification. We grow in righteousness in sanctification. And so now growth is is very important in the Christian life. We, We begin with the word. Our minds become renewed. Our spirit becomes alive. The cleansing process takes place. God now works with us and begins also the planting process. And this is where we are no longer children. This is where the renewal of the mind is now a daily part of our life and so forth. And so the Bible uh, says now it's time not to think, not to think like children. Um, Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And let's look at verse 20. Because when growth begins, this is what happens. Brethren, be not children in understanding. Be not children in your mind. Howbeit in malice be children, but in understanding be men. So think of your mind like a garden. And the garden has a lot of weeds. The garden has things that should not be there. Now you have to cleanse it and then you plant it. So God Almighty begins to work with us, and next thing you know, growth begins, and now we're not not thinking and living as children. We are thinking and living like adults, grown in the Lord. And that's why Peter says in 1 Peter 1.13, gird up your minds. Uh, In my part of the world, 2,000 years ago, they wore robes, and they had to put a belt around their waist so they would not stumble and fall because those robes were they're quite long. So to pull them up, they would put a belt around here, and they, they, they'll be able to walk. And Peter says, put a belt around your mind. Our minds are like those robes of ancient days, you know. We have to keep it tight. How? The word. God's word is also a belt. Gird up your minds with the word of God. And I love what the Greek says, prepare your minds for action. That's what the word gird means. So now, when you prepare your mind for for action, it begins to remove three things. 
before we were saved, the world put a lot of seed in our minds that are called impure thoughts. Then the world began to put uh, anxious thoughts, a lot of fear, a lot of fear was getting in there. And then earthbound thoughts. So we grew up, uh, before we were saved, I mean, we, we grew up with impure thoughts, thoughts of fear, earthbound thoughts. And these thoughts now, once we grow in the Lord, begin to weaken. The impure thoughts begin to leave. The fear begins to go. The earthbound thoughts begin to leave because a lot of people today are so attached to the world that that's all they see. And that's why it says on the Bible, seek ye first the kingdom. Let your thoughts be on things above now. But that happens when the word of God comes in and we get renewed and cleansed. And now it's clearer. Now it's better. Now the Holy Spirit begins to plant his thoughts, his word in our life, which produces the action and the habit and the character and the destiny in our lives. Look, my aim is one thing, to strengthen you, to help you live a strong Christian life in these troubled days. There's only one way I know, and that is when the word of God comes into your mind, and that word of God, once it comes in, becomes action. And that word of God that comes in becomes a habit. And that word of God that comes in will form a character. And that word of God that comes in gives you a destiny in God. And then nothing can shake you. No devil can shake you. No demon can pull you down. That's my aim to help you understand the power of the Word of God. It's a process. It's a process. Nothing happens overnight. Nothing happens quickly. I've been in the faith 50 years, over 50 years in fact, and I've learned God works with us in a process from faith to faith, from glory to glory, from one place to a higher place, but we have to work with him by reading our Bibles, receiving his word daily in our life, not allowing the world to fill us with their ways and thoughts. So that's why it has to be daily. You cannot win with God if you read your Bible once a week and the rest of the time the world is filling your mind with all the things in the world. It's not enough time for you to clean all that up so you need that daily cleansing, daily renewal, daily receiving. And then God will daily plant his blessed word in your life. Till now the life of God begins to come out of you, removing all the impurities of the past, removing all the fear of the past, all the earth connections of the past. And then we're free. We cannot be filled with the Holy Spirit daily, unless the Word of God is in us, cleansing us, His blessed Word coming into our being, being planted afresh, 
and the Holy Spirit will work with us now, empowering us. Great peace have they that love your law. I want you to have great peace. Not just peace, great peace. Great peace have they that love your law. Nothing, nothing will offend them. Nothing will shake them. And today in this troubled world, people are what? Afraid. Their thoughts are impure. Their thoughts are earthbound. They're so concerned about what's going on here. They're not able to look beyond. It says in God's word in, in, in Colossians, let your affections be set on things above. Well, how can that be if the world is filling people's minds? And we as God's children, we have a higher responsibility. We, we, we have an amazing job before us that we have to occupy with the word of God in us. And so Colossians 3 says, set your affections on things above. So the, the planting process um, is quite powerful. The planting process, let's look first at Philippians 4, because God will do that in us as we allow him. Okay, Philippians chapter 4, and I'm going to read verse 8. This is really beautiful. Finally, my brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue or any praise, think on these things. Well, how can I think about things that are honest, true, honest, just and pure and lovely and good and I can't without the word of God. There's, there, there is no way I can obey this verse in Philippians 4, 8 without God's word filling my life. And I pray today that God Almighty, and I'm going to pray with you and believe God with you, I pray that God Almighty will develop in you such a hunger, such a deep, deep hunger for his word that your life will be transformed rapidly, that the process will actually intensify in you. Colossians, let's go to Colossians chapter 3 one more time. You know, this is really a simple message, but a very needed message. Let the word of Christ dwell richly within you. Wow. In all wisdom, in teaching, admonishing one another, in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And you know it's so amazing in verse 17 he says, and whatsoever you, you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. How? Verse 16 tells us how. Let the word of Christ dwell richly within you in wisdom, in teaching, in admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, these are the results of the word in us. 
spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. Melodies that come in that God gives us, hymns and psalms and spiritual songs, not earthly songs, are the result of the word. Have you ever noticed when you are when you are so full of God's word, there's a melody that follows? There's peace and there's joy. Your day is so beautiful and you walk around singing and you're not even paying attention. Why? Because God's word now has filled your life. So reading and meditating upon the word of God, let the word of Christ dwell in your in you richly, in your spirit, that is, in all wisdom, teaching, admonishing. And how beautiful it says in you. Well, it can be in you unless it's in your spirit, which happens by meditation. And finally, we can really begin living Romans 12 too, where God's word tells us to renew our minds, to renew the spirit of our minds, so we can have a destiny in God. Because if we don't, then people will go back into the world. It says, be not conformed to this world, which means it's possible. Be not, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Also, transformation into the image of the Lord is not possible without the word of God. Do not be conformed to this world. Keep the word in you so you won't go back. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then you really will know God's will for your life because it says that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God Almighty. So now you begin to set in motion God's will in your life and for your future. And that's when destiny comes in. Can we pray? Can we right now believe God Almighty that his word will capture us? Because I want this too, way more than you realize. I want this in my life. My daily prayer is, which I'm going to pray for you right now. Lord, establish me in your word and establish your word in me. Let's pray just that prayer. Father, just say, Father, in Jesus' name, establish your word in my heart and establish my life in your word. Father, in Jesus' name, establish my life in your word and establish your word in my heart. In Jesus' holy name, Lord. Bless your people, Lord. Give them a mighty hunger for your word. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimonies of the, of, of the Lord are right. Hallelujah. More to be desired are they than gold, yet a much fine gold. Sweeter than the honey and the honeycomb. And God's people said, Amen. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimonies of, of, of the Lord are pure and precious. And David said, they're more 
be desired more than gold, and much fine gold, sweeter than the honey, and the honeycomb. God bless the world. Be blessed today. It's time to give. It's time to say thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, for your promises. Thank you, Lord, for your wonderful grace. And I want God to bless you in this life. I want God to establish you in the spirit. But I also want God to secure your tomorrow in the flesh and in your finances, in your life, that you have no lack whatsoever because giving is God's command. It's just not, it's not just some advice. It's God's law. Give it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, shall man give to your bosom. And the tithe belongs to God. Where you're fed, you need to tithe. And tithing began with Abraham. So it's not the law. People don't give because of the law. They don't tithe because of the law. It's because of grace. God revealed grace to Abraham. Remember, he believed in God and God declared him righteous. There was no law when God moved Abraham to tithe, to Melchizedek. So tithing came way before the law. So anybody who says, well, it's Old Testament, it's the law, my answer, no, hold it. Tithing began with grace, with Abraham. So it's God's word. And the tithe belongs to the ministry that is blessing your life. And the offering, of course, in tithe, and offerings. So the tithe opens the heavens and the offering brings the blessings down on your life. So we need both. So give, Jesus said, it shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall man give to your bosom. And if you read that amazing chapter in Malachi, it talks about seven blessings that follow the tithe and the offering. God will open the heavens, Pour you out a blessing, you'll not be able to receive it. He'll rebuke the enemy for your sake. And then the enemy will not be able to touch what? Your finances or your family. And then God will call you blessed. You'll be a testimony. And then you'll be a delightsome people. So God can use you. It's all there in the Bible. Be blessed. Father, in Jesus' name, bless them, I pray financially increase them greatly in these last days. There'll be no lack in their life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you for joining me today, and I'll see you again tomorrow for a different teaching altogether. But I'm glad I've talked about the Word, filling your mind and your life and your heart and establishing you with a mighty destiny in God. Much love. Bye-bye.